Live life the Edgecorp way. Punch the clock. Keep your head down. Collect your pay. This is the day-to-day -day reality of working stiffs in a rough galaxy. But when the crew of the cargo freighter Calamity fails to catch break after break, their lives are turned upside down. Bad cargo, spiraling debt, and a woman's life on the line, all with the Golden League crime syndicate breathing down their necks. It's no surprise that these blue-collar folks get desperate enough to take any job. Can't let danger or moral compromises get in the way of their bonus checks. So goes life, far beyond the stars. We actually are doing the Starfinder campaign that we've been talking about for so, so, so long. And it's actually happening. Yeah, that's super cool. It's happening. As the newest member, I, I have to say, <laughs> I am incredibly excited to be part of this. This campaign was one that I saw for my home game that I was like, itching to run but then the players decided on something else so i am very excited to be not just playing in it but playing in it with a group that is really incredible and very respectful of diversity in all in all its forms i'm excited to see where we where we take our space adventure yeah i'm so excited because i i didn't i actually didn't know that that you had wanted to play this anyway I, I probably would have run it. <laughs> yeah, but now you actually get to be a player, which yeah. that's super exciting. That's always cool. Yes, yeah. warmest of welcomes to Heidi. Yes. I'm also, oh, y'all do not know how much, I mean, Abby knows. I, I'm, she has the same feelings that I love sci-fi so much more than, mm -hmm. <laughs> than I love fantasy. And I have been wanting to play Starfinder for years and years and years and just haven't had a place to fit it my homebrew i had included a lot of like starfinder things uh, items and elements mm -hmm. in it to sort of veer it in that direction without fully going that direction so this is it's exciting to finally get to freaking play starfinder <laughs> after so many years of wanting to when did we have the initial conversations i think it was kind of like an offhand comment and we were like yeah that's gonna happen <laughs> was that like a year ago six months ago i just yeah, it was probably about six months six months ago or so. Is for one, Abby and Jess have been talking about wanting to do Starfinder so badly, <laughs> and Logan too, who unfortunately couldn't do this game. But at some point, I had figured out a, a way that we might possibly make it work within our crazy schedules. And from there, I I asked Abby if she wanted to GM it, which she of course wanted to. Yeah, as I as I recall, I suggested DMing it myself because i we i was looking i was looking through starfinder ap's just yes, browsing right. and i found i found this one and i found the devastation arc which i also thought looked really cool but that that wouldn't have worked well for the podcast and i took both of those to dustin and said like i want to play starfinder I want to do it. I don't want to wait like another three years until we hit the goal we were supposed to hit before we could start playing Starfinder. I want to play Starfinder right now. If we hit that, we would be very happy kind of goal. Like it, yeah. it, was, a, it was a pretty... It was a stretch goal. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, yeah we, it was just something that we all wanted to do. 
anybody who isn't familiar with us or isn't familiar with our other podcast, the Fantastic Worlds podcast, it might be a good idea to go around the table, as it were, and introduce ourselves. Uh, Maybe your name, your pronouns, uh, how long you've been playing TTRPGs, and what your general jam is. And then, I guess, any background you'd like to share on your character. Uh, I will go first. And yes, my name is Abby. I am the galactic mistress in this game. I've been dying to play Starfinder ever since I found out that there was a sci-fi fantasy made by Paizo. (laughs) Uh, My pronouns are she, her. And uh, I've been playing TTRPGs not, not that long. Certainly not as long as I think any of the four of you. I've been playing for seven years because my uh, partner's roommates got me into it with also another sci-fi game because I'm a sucker. Uh, I started playing Alternity, which is a sci-fi TTRPG from, I think, the late 90s. (laughs) And uh, I got to be a, you know, telepathic creature who... uh, was also like a crazy diplomat. So I had a, I could charm anybody and I could read their minds. And I have been sold on TTRPGs ever since. And I started playing with Dustin three years ago with our Dungeon World campaign before we eventually hatched along with Angel and Jess the crazy scheme of <laughs> making a podcast. <laughs> and the rest, as they say, is history. my name is dustin alexander i have been playing ttrpgs for 30 years now uh which is insane and i can't believe i've been playing them that long Uh, they mean a lot to me because i just kind of realized one day that it's been the throughput of my life of where i have been able to maintain friends and keep friends long term is the ones that i play games with some of them i've been playing with since eighth grade and uh and been playing ever since uh, and now I have become one of those old timers that we used to talk about when I was in high school. I am now one of the old timers who still plays TTRPG games. I uh, played a lot of D&D mainly up until probably about five years ago, switched over to Paizo and fell in love with that game with a off a foray off into Dungeon World with Abby and Angel. And uh, yeah, it's it's been a, been a blast. I've been doing it forever. I'm a he him. And my character is Friday Francisco, which he is a witch warper, and he's a good old space cowboy. Good old space cowboy. Do some people call him the space cowboy. Ah, <laughs> no, 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 nobody calls him space cowboy. I mean, I call him the space cowboy. <laughs> See, but that's my prerogative. Cowboy. No, I don't think they call them space cowboy in a world where, you know, space cowboys are just in space. How about nope. the gangster of love? <laughs> Ooh. He is a gangster of love. <laughs> there we go. Now we're talking. Do you want to share any, like, inspiration that you had for why you decided to make Friday? The inspiration came from growing up in a small town. And mm-hmm. when I was in high school, everybody was planning to go to college. Everybody was planning to kind of move to bigger and better things. But only a small percentage of people actually achieve that. And some people stay home for whatever various reasons. And it was really kind of a tribute to 
the reasons why that happens. Because it's amazing how just one small little twist of fate can can completely veer somebody off the life that they were working towards. Uh, and that was kind of how I designed Friday is around that. Sometimes it's, you know, family stuff. Sometimes it's livelihood. Sometimes it's just lack of the ability to do it and achieve what you want, even though you thought you could. Um, so that was, that, that was kind of the genesis of kind of accessing that, that inner rural, rural tomboy, playing a character like that my name's heidi abby you commented that you think you're the the newbiest of us but am i not you're not <gasps> um i i started playing ttrpgs excluding the two times that i played when once when i was like 10 years old and once when i was about 19 i've been playing consistently since 2016 i could not get into them when i was a kid or a teenager but i've only been playing for about the last four four and a half years friend of mine started the campaign and then and then i pretty quickly took over as the game master because some friend group drama (laughs) and i ended up being the one that uh, i actually ran us through uh, a couple modules before settling on a a long form campaign uh playing the reign of winter adventure path weirdly (laughs) enough uh, which is the AP that we're doing in our other podcast, the one, the game that Dustin runs, Fantastic Worlds podcast. So we recently completed that, and we're about to like we're we're kind of working our way through a second campaign now, and are about to start a new one. So with me as the GM, so you get to really relax into playerhood with yeah. this game. <laughs> yeah. So, Saren, I as much like with everyone else, I am a big fan of sci-fi. My love for sci-fi fantasy is about is split about fifty fifty. It's I prefer fantasy novels and sci-fi TV shows. In the same way. With regard to Saren, I actually based Jur a little bit off of a character from uh, from a book called A Long Way to a Small Angry Planet, uh, mm-hmm. which has a wonderful mechanic who is seems like all, is always upbeat and happy and but you find out it has some issues that she's kind of constantly pushing away and and I really liked that idea and I like the idea so Saren is a mechanic drawing from characters like Kaylee from Firefly or probably even a little bit Jordy from from Star Trek <laughs> Next Generation why is the mechanic always the best character? <laughs> right? <laughs> They're the glue of the ship. Yeah, yeah I mean, no they kidding. literally have to keep the ship together. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's with with Jur, it is something that, as an inspiration, I, I look to what characters I enjoy the most, and typically it is the it is the one who is sort of responsible for not just keeping the ship together, but keeping the, the crew glued together. Keeping the ship together, but also being the heart of the the little community on board. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, Jess, what are you all about? Tell me all about you. <laughs> I'm me. Yeah, my name is, my name is Jess. I use he, his, she, hers, they, them pronouns. My little character here, Ballad, uses she, her, and they, them pronouns. We are both non-binary. And in my mind, we're hugging right now as I say this. And (laughs) hugging and looking at the camera. Um, (laughs) That's sweet. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> this is me and my character. Um, I've been playing TTRPGs for 11-ish years now. I think I've only myself completed uh, one campaign in that whole <laughs> freaking time because we had to end one game. And the most recent one, Skull and Shackles, we I was not able to finish out. My mom had to play my character for me, so... <laughs> but I've I've completed my favorite one so far. So um I I super duper love uh sci-fi. So when I was creating Ballad, the kind of sci-fi I think of specifically that I like love the most is things like Akira, um, like Blade Runner, all that kind of shit. And I also love I have just a low-key obsession with a video game series called Yakuza. And so when mm, I found out, <laughs> very low key, I try not to let people know it's my special interest, but it it, it is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm high key obsessed with it uh, in reality. It's um, great. <laughs> and so when I found out there was the basically space Yakuza in, I mean, how could there not be right in Starfinder? Mm-hmm. It's it's a quintessential element, I think, of any sci-fi or cyberpunk yeah. anything. Yeah, and I very much imagined it how at least the Yakuza are portrayed in that game series, which is different to real life, uh, you know, but <laughs> pulls in some elements here and there that are true to life. A little sensationalized. Yeah, just maybe. a bit. Perhaps. But that's, but that's bit. why stories are fun. They're all about honor and charisma, but also they're they're still bad people. Anyways. Right. Anyway. <laughs> but that's how I came up with this this thought. Uh, first of all, I knew I wanted to play an android because I love androids and I wish I was one. I knew that I wanted her to be crazy colored and I love pink, so she's pink. <laughs> I wanted to be a cat girl and I wanted her to uh, be an assassin that used her looks and disguises to get close to people. And what better way to do all of that than to wrap in a backstory with, well, we won't get too much into it, but (laughs) it's, it's, it's too, it's too good to disclose. Now we will think, we will think of ways all, all four of you have such like delightfully traumatic backstories that don't (laughs) necessarily fall into the typical TTRPG tropes of a traumatic uh, character backstory. So I'm excited to get into them. Yeah, that that was the whole thing. I wanted it to be the, you know, the like rain slick neon driving by on a motorcycle mm. shooting someone kind of. <laughs> I am such a sucker for that aesthetic, which is why I let Jess do that. <laughs> I want a poster When he said, that. I want to awesome. be an anime robot cat girl. <laughs> Many GMs might have said no, but I hardcore am in love with that aesthetic. So I said, absolutely. <laughs> anime robot cat girl assassin for the space Yakuza who used to want to be a pop star and failed. <laughs> oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. So many layers. So many layers to ballot. (laughs) Angel, you want to tell us about yourself? Tell us about Miss Fanny. What's what's going on with your mind? Why are you here? Oh, well, uh, this is Angel Espinosa. He, him. I run Miss Fanny. Little Miss Fanny, abuelita. Miss Fanny is a alien which again everybody has their kind of sci-fi you know what excites them for sci-fi but man i'm a big fan of farscape by the way i wanted to play an alien currently 
uh, as Miss Fanny uh, runs as uh, she, her, and is the little sweet multi-armed grandma of the ship, um, you know, taking care of everyone and being a bad ass pilot. You know, some skills they picked up in their youth. I've been playing tabletop for 20 plus years, not as long as Dustin. So I think 20, 20 plus. I can't put an exact number on it. It was it was around 2000. So Dustin was the one that got me into tabletop gaming. So yeah, Dustin's a big connecting thread here. <laughs> yeah, he's a connector. <laughs> Introduced to the game and I was kind of like hesitant. It's like, ooh, I don't know. Don't you guys like summon Satan and stuff like that? You know, all the <laughs> all the all those horror stories that they have like pamphlets about. Like all of about. the satanic panic stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had a blast. I uh, since then, I've I've tried a couple of different, and uh, and the same connector Dustin introduced me to to Pathfinder, which is flipping awesome system. Um, I've been running a lot of the games, um, my own little games with Pathfinder, and actually, Reign of Winter is my first AP. We used to, uh, me be naive, we used to homebrew absolutely everything. Plus, there wasn't a lot of pocket money around then, so you know, buying some of these extra modules. Um, and I wasn't a supporter of pirating things. Play evil, but you're very lawful good. Yes, right? <laughs> so, but Reign of Winter was, a, was my first AP, and you know what? It's so neat. I love the theme sets that uh, echoes throughout the entire campaign. So, you know, wintry, uh, effed up dolls that are possessed, and very witchy element. Um, so, big fan of APs now. So, you know, kudos, Paizo. Oh, that's really lovely. All four of you have such lovely characters, and I'm I'm really excited to really get into it and start exploring all of your backstories and your character arcs. I think we could sit here and we could talk about sci-fi we like literally all day, <laughs> but we're going to have to save some of those conversations for intros down the line, because I think it's time to get into episode two Ooh. of Far Beyond the Stars. Quick recap what went down last episode you all came to the planet castravel in your little cargo freighter it sleeps about four that friday dustin's character rents from edgecorp which is the company that you all work for and you have arrived in castravel because you were there to pick up a shipment of yarrow berries which are 50 tons worth of yarrow berries which is so much, but this is a considered a delicacy on other planets besides Castorville, where it's grown. So you're supposed to pick these up and take them to Akaton, which is a desert world that definitely needs some fresh fruit once in a while to brighten the mood. They go for about 10 credits a bowl. So you picked these berries up from Bruno Pratt on Castorville, who seems like a, a nice enough down-to-earth guy outside of the fact that Ballad thought he was kind of cringy. But he's really <laughs> counting on the successful sale of these berries to earn him a good retirement and set his daughter up for success. So it's really important on several counts. You need to get paid. And there's a small natural foods co-op back on Castorville that is counting on you. As you're taking your cargo back to the ship, you are beset by thieving little goblins who distracted you with the junk bot while they attempted to make away with your cargo. But 
due to the fact that in addition to cargo freighters, you're all fairly efficient killers. <laughs> well, really, really, it's Angel's character is a fairly efficient killer. I don't know. Ballad pretty much eviscerated um, one yeah, of those goblins, say, too. Cut a guy in half lengthwise. <laughs> I gave one a headache. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can tell that Miss Fanny and Ballad have some pasts <laughs> with Stuff. with violence. We show our tattoos with a little... Uh, Tally marks on them. Yep. <laughs> but the point is, you killed the goblins, you destroyed the junk bot, and now you're standing in the rain on Castorville in the t- in the city of Kabarat, next to your hover rig. They're piling the crates that were not smashed underneath the hover rig onto the cargo loader. As you're loading the two crates back on, you hear in the distance the wailing of sirens, which means exactly what you might think it does. The fuss. The police are on their way. <sighs> Jesus, it is the fuss. Considering the fact that you have three dead goblins in front of you, you know that hanging out here would be a no good for any of you because these berries do expire in six days. Oh. You don't want any delays <laughs> that might come from being investigated <laughs> for anything. So... Am I correct in assuming that you want to ski daddle? Yeah, we're yeah. hustling. I go, Fanny, let's get the hell out of here. And pedal to the metal, Captain. <laughs> Sarah and Hap hops on the back of the, the hover rig. I'm back here. We can go. Yeah, Ballad is back on the roof. I imagine as we're driving away, there one of the bikes from the goblins is still stuck in the trailer <laughs> and she's dragging to along. Kick it off. <laughs> <laughs> so remember, you are still in completely stalled traffic. So in order for Miss Fanny to get your cargo rig out of there, I'm gonna need her to make me a oh. piloting check. All right, here we go. Come on down, Fanny. <laughs> Okay, now my highest roll, so that is uh, 12 plus 10, so for a 22 total. God, Friday, you must just be giving yourself the biggest pat on the back ever for hiring this Astrozoan onto your crew. <laughs> always. Because... Friday know, Friday know who's had a hire. She always <laughs> kills it getting out of any situation where there's a vehicle involved. It's almost like there is no stalled traffic. Miss Fanny nimbly hovers this giant company rig loaded down with 50 tons of yarrow berries around all of the stalled vehicles. Honks, horns are honking. People are yelling at you. They're flipping you off. But you know what? You four don't care because you are getting out of here pretty much scot-free. Everyone on both sides as well. And I'm laughing. <laughs> Bella's just sitting back on her ass going, <laughs> You make it back to your ship with no no incident. You do know that people in the crowd might have identified your hover rig as a Edgecorp rig, but there are, other than that, no other defining characteristics of your cargo rig. And yeah, Edgecorp is everywhere. You know, you're you're you definitely aren't the only folks with a rig like this in town. They were trying to rob us too. Come on. Yeah, but you don't. You definitely don't want the delay that might come from verifying your story. Yeah, 
Cut him in half. <laughs> Sidebar, if you hadn't gotten out of it, the police come and they detain you for like 24 hours. Oh, no. <gasps> oh, my goodness. We- it was very, very good roll, Angel. Let's uh, get loaded on the ship. Oh, Friday needs to take a nap. Oh. Yeah, it's been a long day for the four of you. When when you landed in Kabarat, it was around 8 a.m. local time. Uh, it took you the better part of an hour to get to Pratt's Grocer. You know, you had to spend five hours loading everything up. It's definitely getting on in the day. Then you had a fight. But that was only 18 seconds. You're almost done. <laughs> yeah, the fight was only 18 seconds. That didn't really cut any time off. But now... You have to load the Yarrow Berries into Calamity. Your trailer is too long oh, to right. just drive it straight into the cargo hold. There's there's just not going to be enough room. Re- you have to reverse the process, get everything loaded in. Do you want to go about it in more or less the same way you got him into the hover cart? <laughs> yes. Yep. All right. Power frame. Ballad, make me, make me a strength check. I just uh, used the transporters. Yeah. I... Plus nope. five. Don't forget, Jess. Plus five. <laughs> I got a 25 then. Great. Yeah. Uh, you're, that fight didn't take a lot out of you. And you're an, you're an android anyway. So you're still feeling relatively fresh. I'm meta made of nanites and metal. Yeah, you are. <laughs> On the drive Heck back, yeah. I would like to have spent a resolve to get all my stamina back. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah sure. You, you can absolutely, when you get back to the ship. I mean, actually, you know, it probably even takes you about 10 minutes driving the cargo rig through stalled traffic to get back to your ship anyway. So if anybody wants to spend a resolve point to get back some stamina, you may feel free to do so. I'll hold off for the ship since I'll be paying attention to traffic. Let's get loaded as fast as possible, y'all. All right. Ballad slams her two fists together. (laughs) Okay. So with Ballad's help pulling double duty, you are able to get everything loaded into the ship in five hours. No one comes by oh, to nice. ask any funny questions. That you get the sense that it's uh, it's just not high priority for this particular <laughs> police department. You're able to get everything loaded up, and you're ready to take her out of Castrovel and into the drift. Fanny, you got this taken care of. Absolutely. Everyone secure. Friday takes a minute and checks in with Ballad and says, "Let's uh, secure these crates." So they don't fall in case we hit some turbulence. You got it. And get the strap downs out. Strap it down. <laughs> yeah, she's she's running around making sure everything's all nice and tight up in there. I imagine it's pretty full in the cargo hold now because <laughs> <laughs> because of how many crates we have. Yeah, there is not a lot of room to move around anymore. Yeah, I feel like they're kind of securing themselves. She's she's like standing there tightening a strap on one and, and is like, I'm barely able to fit in here. Yeah, just just the sheer weight of everything <laughs> is is made definitely putting everything in like pretty, pretty. Saren on board the ship will once they're ready uh, as a crew to depart, will head to the engine and start just doing a, a quick scan of the engine, make sure that it's ready for for drift travel, that the, you know, the quantum flow compactor is 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 fully functional. I don't know if you want to make have me make an engineering check or anything. Uh, yeah, go ahead and make me an engineering check. Okay. Making sure everything is ready for drift travel. That's going to be a 12. That just makes it. You're pretty tired. It's been a long day. 
but you do just run on autopilot. You go through, you check all the engines, make sure everything's running the way that it should be. Now it's all up to Miss Fanny. She's got a little donut, one of those little inflatable donuts um, to help put her back. Uh, you know, um, <laughs> she adjusts it, accounts for the extra 50 tons. Mm-hmm. All right. Away we go. That's a 26 piloting. Oh my God. <laughs> Nailing it. Because <laughs> Friday is not worried about uh, Fanny flying at all. Uh, gets into his captain chair, pushes the lean back button, puts his hat over his face and takes a nap because he got beat up a little bit. <laughs> he did. Miss Fanny takes the ship up off of the landing bay and heads straight up into the clouds. It's still pouring rain. The storm is still raging. But Miss Fanny is just the best pilot in the packed worlds, apparently, and (laughs) takes you up through the clouds, out over the atmosphere, and above Castrovel again, which takes about an hour. The secret is love. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, space granny. (laughs) With a piloting check that good, I'm not going to make you roll again. Uh, You go ahead and you calculate... A course for Akaton, you make sure that the ship has the correct drift beacon input. And as you spin up the drift engine, uh, you, the four of you feel yourselves shift between planes. And you pop out of existence on the material plane and reappear in the drift. So for those of you who aren't familiar with Starfinder, if you've never played it or listened to uh, anybody else playing it, Drift Travel is the Starfinder faster than light method of space travel. So the Drift is essentially a different plane that lies parallel to the material plane. And it's really malleable. So it can it can be used to connect two points in space that are ordinarily light years apart. And the way that this is done is by using drift beacons to correctly navigate. Because it's not like Miss Fanny can plot a course. She can't plan a route. You have to make precisely targeted jumps between two points. It's very difficult, but drift beacons make it much, much easier. That's awesome. Pretty. Yep. You're in a different plane. The light just Ooh. takes on a a different quality. Things seem a little dreamy, like they aren't quite real in the same way. But everything within the bounds of your ship, as it is in kind of like a little a little bubble of the material plane, as it carries you through, you are more or less safe where you are. But you do know that, for example, a spacewalk at this time would be extremely ill advised. Sounds like fun. (laughs) It'd be fine. (laughs) It'd be fine. Okay, who wants to make me the role to determine how long you're actually going to be in the drift? Should it be Miss Fanny? Miss Fanny or Miss Ballad there because both of them roll well. I know I was about to say, ooh, Jess has the good dice rolls. Wow, you've been doing better than me. (laughs) Well, you know, the... A plus 10 piloting always, always helps with the it low sure rolls. Does. It sure does. This isn't going to be a piloting check. This is going to be just rolling a gay D6. Oh. <laughs> I see. <laughs> and is it higher is better or lower is better? You definitely want lower because these berries expire. Oh, oh then maybe not Jess. <laughs> these, 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. You you want okay. when when with drift travel, you want the minimum number of days oh, you can then Abby, possibly. Oh, we get. want you to roll it. <laughs> oh, do we want me to roll it? You'll regret those words. I know what we might. All right, I'll roll it. Oh God, please. Yes. <laughs> Fuck everybody. <laughs> What'd you roll there, Abby? God damn it! I rolled a one. Oh man, that totally worked in our favor. I rolled favor. a one. Okay, it only takes you one fucking day. <laughs> oh goodness, Miss Fanny is double checking, triple checking, quadru- quadruple checking. She runs down to engineering to run uh, the math with Sarah. And like, this is this looks right, right? Yes, I think I think you just got really lucky with our path through the drift. It's almost like the gods are smiling upon us. <laughs> We're so fortunate. Oh, and then sticks by their numbers. Beep, boop, 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 boop. I'm mad at oh, you. Oh, man. That works so good. <laughs> mad at all of us I'm or just me for suggesting? I'm, I'm equally infuriated. I'm infuriated. I am also I'm mad at roll 20. I'm mad at myself. <laughs> I'm the roll to see what would I have gotten. A four. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway. These are going to be on. the freshest berries yeah, that really, have ever arrived. They, super, they sure are. They sure are. Good Dustin. thing we didn't roll. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, let's move on. <laughs> what do you do during your downtime when you aren't in the drift out of just out of curiosity? What does everybody like to do on the ship? Do you do you have like communal meals? Do you watch hollow video? Would you watch hollow novels together? Mm. Do you spend a lot of time alone? Friday tries to have at least one meal where all of us sit down together. Like as captain, that's he doesn't like order it. So I, I think before probably going to bed, he probably throws something together, asks us all to join for 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 meal time. What does a rock eat? It's <laughs> a good question. <laughs> We've had this conversation, Abby yes, and I. <laughs> uh, Heidi, Heidi and I have spoken at length about what rocks eat. And not just what rocks eat, but how does rock digestion work? Mm-hmm. <laughs> does rock produce waste? My thinking is that uh, sarin does not produce waste in the sense that humans think of waste. Sarin does eat. Sarin eats specifically various types of rock or or sediment, usually anything that's very gem or crystal oriented is is very tasty. Um, doesn't like eating acidic rocks. Anything that's sulfuric is is not good. Kind of messes with your stomach a lot. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> basically processes food through a form of sedimentation, constantly building new layers of crystal from the inside awesome. out and will like chip and uh and like flake off dead crystals on the outside which as are the waste so funny when you as you were saying that i when you first said sedimentation i had a picture of just going into a glass jar and you see the layers like on the planet earth you know if you cut to the side you just see the different layers <laughs> I, this was diamond night this was obsidian night yes uh that would that would be very funny <laughs> i do uh, you know what i'm taking that that's that's what saren looks like if you do a cross cut of of your layer nice <laughs> i really do love that that's that's really fun. awesome and i love how much thought heidi gave to how rock eat how rock digest <laughs> 
<laughs> so what you're saying is that that you just eat Captain Crunch because it's sh- it's sharp and rock like. <laughs> yes. Oh man, that's tough. Uh, Saren Saren can eat and gain some uh, benefits from like um, non rock foods. So you know we'll we'll occasionally like take a bite out of whatever whatever has been prepared by either Miss Fanny or Friday. Um, or ballad if ballad cooks does not know how to cook yourself though. <laughs> Miss Miss Fanny runs a very tight, tight kitchen. Everything is in clear containers with labels carefully written. Um, everything's in baskets, using the most optimal space possible, and wiped down all the time. I'm sure they often shoo out lovingly. Um, Captain Friday out of the kitchen going, mm, 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 mm. wash your hands, wash your hands, shoo, 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 shoo. I have a feeling she cringes every time she has to be drifting, being focused on being a pilot during cooking time, because that means Friday's going to go in there and just completely destroy the kitchen. Nope. She has <laughs> the packages labeled going, use this one first, then this one. This sediment <laughs> is still marinating so that the uh, minerals are at their peak peak flavor and has them separated for Saren specifically. Like this one will have a nice minty tingle as you digest. <laughs> oh, I love that. So yeah, if there's anything out of place, we're going to be grumbling about it. But um, that's most of their downtime is making sure to clean, vacuum. Nobody ever sees any of the crystal shavings off of Saren because <laughs> Miss Fanny will have their little dust buster wiping things down. I'm thinking of my mom who will go to sleep late because she's constantly having the hot water from washing her hands, you know, diluting it with the bleach. And it's like, oh my gosh, lady, when are you going to go to sleep just to wake up at 4 a.m. to get my dad's lunch ready? Uh, So um, that's Miss Fanny's downtime is she'll usually have her rotation going out, um, you know, making sure some of the little snack containers are available in engineering as well, mm-hmm. popping into ballads area to fluff the pillows, make sure everything's nice and neat, oil weapons as necessary, or, or drop off little uh, little canisters for weapons. And definitely for the captain, left like a little Tupperware of, um, you know, some hearty meats and because I know that they had a little uh, altercation, have the little platter out already there. You know, with, um, when you uncover it, there's the like the meats, the dishes. It has instructions like reheat 20 minutes. Um, use, you know, use the oven and not the microwave sort of thing for optimal flavor. And then you have like a little vial of healing serum as well. Because um, since they can't attend to your wounds as they're traveling that way you can take care of your own little boo-boos pobrecito <laughs> what are Saren and Ballad doing during this downtime I-, I wanted to check in with the two of you specifically because Ballad and Saren both have some uh, history on Accutone how do you feel about being headed for Hive Market for Ballad this is not something she's showing and I don't know that anyone would necessarily notice too much that she is on edge because she's not showing it but basically she's been walking around the ship wearing a mask all the time which is something she's done before so it's not that out of place Um, and the mask is 
probably one of the biggest tells that she's an android because it can come out of her face. (laughs) 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 Uh, Sort of out of her jawline, it can just emerge and you see some of her internal components when that happens. A dark black, it looks like leather face mask and it covers her, her nose and mouth and there are sort of V's under the cheeks, sort of V and then up around the nose. It's it's hard to explain, but you know. <laughs> it has these pink LEDs all over it where like they make out the shape of big sharp teeth, like exposed teeth. And then there's sort of accent lines around the edges of the mask. And she's just been wearing that all the time because underneath that mask, her mouth is just like, mm, like moving around. Uh, <laughs> she's frowning a lot. Just very thoughtful, but only showing it in the mouth. And her way of hiding that is by wearing her mask all the time. Bit of a nervous tick. Yeah. And just kind of keeping quiet. Not quieter than usual. She's generally not super chatty. Like, she'll talk when people want to talk. But she, if, if this is something people note, it would be noted by now after a year that she does not really come to uh, start conversations. <laughs> she just cheerfully keeps them up if they are already in progress. How about Saren? So Saren is probably pretty anxious about going back to Akaton. While we've probably had jobs that took us to Akaton in the past, like we were saying last episode about, you know, being on Castrovel, there was always a reason that G could stay on the ship and not go out and be spotted. And so I think that in addition to resting as necessary and watching the the piloting, G is going to to spend a lot of time in engineering making unnecessary fixes to things tightening with the hydro spanner and making sure that the flux capacitor is is all is all ready and and still functioning properly i should, probably shouldn't say flux capacitor but <laughs> <laughs> it's totally different it's, drift it's capacitor totally... uh, drift. yeah <laughs> yeah making sure that the uh, bionic dorsal is online and probably just be fretting with with jambot jambot yes i am not sure how i feel about having to be back on surface of akiton it's been a long time why would that matter that's right i built you after a couple years after i left akiton this is the last place i saw my mother it wasn't a good goodbye do you need me to weld something? Ah, oh, Jambot, you know just what to say to make me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not worried at all. No, I'm not. Rapidly begins tightening more bolts and... Please, Jambot, will you weld this panel back together? It's falling apart, clearly. It's perfectly fine. <laughs> Welding. <laughs> you see the little blowtorch on the end of one of Jambot's little arms. <laughs> Welding going through and putting a second bead on top of the one that was already perfectly functional that was already there. (laughs) Jambot 100% takes you at face value that you're fine. Thank you, Jambot. I feel much better now that the ship is 
looking better. The camera, if it when it pans out of engineering, shows Ballad leaning against the wall outside with her arms crossed, staring at the floor, sighs and lowers her mask. And the way she lowers her mask is by she taps fleshy part of her palm with her middle finger and her ring finger, and there's a light underneath her skin that lights up. And then the the mask retracts back into her body, and she steps inside engineering and says, uh, knock, knock. Uh, the stars beneath Saren's crystals start to sparkle like crazy. <laughs> oh my god. As if she is blushing. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Ballad. Strange for you to be in the engine room. Is there something you need? Well, there's like no easy way to say this. I'm just gonna put it out there. I accidentally overheard just now what you were talking about with Jambot? Oh. Welding. <laughs> yes, we <laughs> we were talking about welding. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, See this yeah. thing? It was almost falling off. It mm-hmm. wasn't. It's very secure. And, and after a moment, <laughs> uh, your composure just, like, cracked. You heard more than the welding, I bet, didn't you? This would be super weird. <laughs> but let me just ask you a quick question. Did you ever... Mm, Maybe as a little crystal, spend some time in marrow. Uh, I I think that's the name of the place that. Yes, um, it's been a long time, probably at least uh, eighteen, nineteen years at this point. But yes. Okay. Ballad looks like several gears are clicking in her brain. Like she's just having she's having that woman doing math meme moment. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> she's nodding and like looking to one side, then her eyes get really wide. Yeah, I mean, you know this. I used to live in Marrow and I maybe like I must have just seen you. I mean, shimmering are not that common around. Well, okay. Um, wait. I can't. No. Um. Throughout ballad, sort of describing how. Oh well, there was a chance that I might. Uh, I might have seen you. Saren's been standing, hunched, and like uh, one arm across to your chest, gripping the other with your head bowed, and is thinking. But we almost never left the Ichihara Hong compound. Ballad just stares at you, wide-eyed, with her teeth clenched. And I think that's a good place to fade to black on that scene, with Saren and Ballad learning uncomfortable truths about each other. (laughs) Real oh shit moment. (laughs) You two are having your oh shit moment of realization. We're We're going to move on and revisit exactly what happened there later, because the four of you, the calamity is coming out of the drift. So that brings us back to Miss Fanny, who's probably on shift again. Back in the pilot seat. Mm-hmm. And the four of you come out of the drift above Akitone, which is a very familiar sight to Saren and Ballad, which is just going to be even more of a painful and confusing sight in the light of what they've just discovered about each other. But it's this brown, boring, reddish 
yellow desert world hanging in space before you, where Castrovel was this lush emerald jewel. Akiton is a big ball of dust floating in space. It is a desert world. It is uninspiring. <laughs> and as you come out of the drift, the comms panel in front of Friday starts blinking. And there are two messages on it. One of them is a general message for address to the entire crew. And one is a message from Edgecorp directed to Friday himself. The first message is from your Edgecorp dispatcher, Tarika. I answer the message. And so so you you and Fanny, uh, since you're both on the bridge, uh, see this sleek brown Brineri appear on screen. She's wearing an olive green flight suit emblazoned with the Edgecore logo, fidgeting with a very large worn wrench that she has slung over her shoulder. Aww. Aww. She's just a little new new. Yeah. <laughs> no, she's Look at super that smile. Cute. She's a cute little space otter. Tarika, I've never seen your fur so shiny. Oh, Friday. <laughs> you flatterer. How you doing, darling? I'm doing fine. I'm so glad you're finally out of the drift. That was fast. I thought I was going to have to leave a message. Yeah, that was fast. The, the the gods were smiling on us. Since since I caught you. Oh, hi, Fanny. <gasps> Hello, dear. You are looking wonderful. Uh, uh, how was implementing those omega-3s? Don't they bring out the lustrous shine in one's fur? They really do. I'm so grateful you got me the oils on your last trip to Absalom Station. <laughs> I knew you would enjoy them. Your drop-off site is uh, in Hive Market, which I don't know if you've... I can't remember if I've sent you there before. Uh, but you can't miss it. You just look for the biggest damn mountain on the entire planet. And that'll be Ka, which is the pillar of the sky in the local parlance. And, uh, and have markets around its bottom. You're looking for Ka Imports. And, and Siski, the manager, is your contract. You can collect payment from her and maybe get a, a nice little bonus for such rapid delivery. Wow. But, you know, be careful. That, that, that world's a dust bowl. There's no real law either, which is why I'm a little nervous for you. It's, it's a pretty dangerous place. So don't go exploring. Thanks, Ma. He's, he laughs. <laughs> no sass from you, Friday. I, I appreciate the concern. We, we've we been doing this for a while. You're right. I don't think I've been here necessarily, but I know of here. And we will, ma- we will make sure we, we have our uh, six guard. We're just hoping to unload and get the hell out of here. We'll make sure to bring the big guns. Well, I hope you don't need them. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure she seems reassured by the two of you and she she's known friday forever they go way back and she's familiar with all of friday's crew because i'm sure that i'm sure that you've brought them around right friday oh yeah when you do visit the station yeah of course i love tarika so she's really she's really worried about y'all but she you know she seems she seems a little reassured she says okay I trust you. I just want to make sure I briefed you as well as I can. Uh, I'll, I'll be on the lookout for your next job while you're there, and I'll send you a transmission when I have something for you. And if you haven't heard from me by the time you're done in Accutone, come in to Absalom Station. We'll talk then. 
We'll do, beautiful. Oh, Charmer. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Say say hi to Saren and Ballad for me. Will do. Bye, Fanny. Toodaloo. What's that other message there? Fanny, you want to pull it up for me? Right away, Captain. Taking it to the edge, edge online. Because this one would be sent to his personal comm uh, and not to anybody else. So what he pulls up on his comm unit is a letter from Edgecorp Employee Resources. And it reads, Dear Mr. Francisco, This letter is to inform you that as of Rova 12-217, any dependence on your company healthcare policy will no longer be available for healthcare coverage under Evgenia Jamison Employee Healthcare. The termination of your coverage is based on your failure to meet your contractually agreed-upon quarterly goals. On the date specified above, your dependence will be discontinued from all programs in which you are currently enrolled. A detailed account and explanation of this decision is included with this letter. And it's goes on to tell you that that you yourself, Friday, are still enrolled in the company's health, dental, and vision plans, but that if you elect to continue your group insurance in the private marketplace, you will be responsible for all premiums you will incur. Son of a If you have any questions pertaining to the content of this letter, please address them to Employee Benefit Services. He has a drink in his hand, like maybe a class sifter, and... Fanny, you probably look over, and these are well-built sifters, but you just see the squeezing, and you just see a crack forming down the glass. And those, those sons of bitches. <laughs> uh, Fanny, get me, get me ER. Oh, of course. Uh, oh, goodness, that sounded like bad news. I hope everything's okay. Uh, just send it to my room, and... Friday goes stopping off. You get a very you get a very pleasant sounded voice over the line, and this very pleasant looking image of a Lashinta woman appears on the hollow feed before you. It's clearly a pre-recorded message. Thank you for reaching out to Edgecorp Employee Services. All of our agents are currently busy at the moment, but your call is very important to us. You are currently long pause. Sixteen on the list. Uh, and he just sits down and he throws the glass sifter he was holding across the room and it shatters against the wall. You made excellent time, so you you do have a little time before you feel like you need to get down to the planet, but uh, it seems like you hold forever and, and you're always number 16. You never really seem to move up. <laughs> uh, this one's about right. But your call is very important to us. Please stay on the line. Fade to black, because I, I imagine that we all have to deal with our own uh, bureaucratic insurance woes often enough in real life to listen to Friday deal with it <laughs> in a sci-fi game. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> this, this is what sci-fi fantasy is all about, friends. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everybody's having, everybody's getting upsetting news. Everybody's having upsetting conversations, except Miss Fanny. Does <laughs> Is there anything Miss Fanny uh, wants to take care of or... Uh, what is what is she up to before you descend to Hive Market? They would have already packed up lunch, going through the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday <laughs> little containers that are clearly marked. Set up the uh, rotation on their the little dry erase. No, I guess it would be a digital display in the kitchen. No, I think they're just going to make sure they're going through all their pre-landing checks they're they're very professional so they want to make sure again their primary concern is making sure 
the crew as comfortable as possible, that they're successful. So any kind of success for them reflects well, not really for her, but kind of for the crew. So it kind of sets up a good reputation. So they want to make sure everything's ship shape in good order, but they're definitely concerned about the captain. But as they're currently on the helm, it's not like they can... They, they don't want to risk, you know, doing an autopilot right now uh, since they're about to land. But definitely they want to take some time before they get off the ship, maybe. Uh, since the crew is always good and if she needs an extra 15 or 20 minutes, they're, they always humor her as she makes some last minute packing and <sighs> sigh, concern for the captain. And uh, just I'll update. <clears throat> Saren, uh, uh, Saren, uh, uh. Valid, we will be approaching, going through uh, pre-landing checks. If you want to uh, go through your final checks as well, and I'll be seeing your wonderful shining faces soon. Beep boop. <laughs> hmm, you got it, Miss Fanny. Thanks, Miss Fanny. I will get it taken care of in engineering. <laughs> oh, before I forget, I forgot to check it all, Bessie. Uh, after that little traffic incident, I don't know if there was any damage uh, to the undercarriage. You'd be a dear. Just just check that for me. We, uh, we wouldn't want it malfunctioning uh, uh, mid midway through the unloading. Thank you, dearest. I will get right on that. Goblin chunks oh, stuck out. <laughs> oh, no. Saren takes Jambot and takes uh, takes your toolkit and just starts, you know, giving it the once over to see if, make sure that the hover dolly is still working. I assure you, it is undamaged. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All of the damage was done to the smushed goblins. Who wants to make me a culture check to recall uh, what they know about hive market? I will make a check. Since Ballad and Saren have lived on Akatone, I will give them plus five for Ballad and a plus two for Saren because Saren was really young when she was there. With that plus two, I rolled a natural 18 on the die and I have a oh, plus shit. five. So nice. make that a 25. Well done. <laughs> so Saren, you, it's not like you had a lot to do at the Ichihara Hong compound when you were young. So you probably read up on everything you possibly could about what planet you were on, the people there, because you really wanted to be out among the people, introducing yourself, figuring out what was there, exploring, but you were stuck. So you had to make do with hollow novels, whatever you could find on the extranet, literally anything. But you have a surprising amount of knowledge about Hive Market, because that place is cool. It's got neat stuff. What you know about Hive Market is that in many ways, it is a standard Akitonian city. You also know from having lived on Akitone, and Ballad would know this too, even without making a culture check, that Akitone is home to a race of humans known as Hilki. Uh, it also has a large Isoki population, Igeshti people which are like a lizard-like species, and many others. It is something of a hub, hive market in particular, for trade and shysty dealings, mostly the Golden League. 
as the two of you are very familiar with. You know that Hive Market is located at the base of Ka, which is it's the largest mountain on Akiton. And it also extends through the subterranean lava tubes into the mountain itself. And when dust storms strike or raiders attack, uh, the market's merchants take cover in those tunnels. Hive Market is patrolled by Kulans, a spectral race of beings who patrol hive market they appear to be ghosts but they are in fact a rare kind of fae they don't interfere in legitimate business dealings in the bazaar but they do protect the market and they enact justice on those who break the rules so you'll want to keep an eye out for them and make sure that you are strictly following the rules of the marketplace and kulans are believed to be a slowly dying species is the oh. final piece of knowledge that you remember having bred as a child with your incredibly high roll. Uh, sometimes they gather deep under Ka, where volcanic temperatures are too extreme for unprotected sapiens to travel. Wow. This place sounds That's rad. Cool. It's a very cool place. It sounds very hot and uncomfortable, but other than that, it sounds really cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the lore is neat as hell, even if living on this planet sounds very uncomfortable. You said that uh, Ka is the largest mountain in the solar system? No, on this planet. Largest mountain. Okay. Yeah, largest mountain largest mountain oh, on Akiton. Okay. Cool. We'll be aiming for the bottom. Mm-hmm. bottom. And Hype Market is a sprawling marketplace at its base. It's on the southwest side. So I think that the thing that Saren... Um, Saren probably starts rambling off all of these facts. Just so excited. You, know. you hit a special interest. Yeah. <laughs> I've never been to the hive market before, but it's got all of this cool stuff. Um, it's located at the largest mountain on Akiton. Did you know that deep underneath live a race of beings called the Kulans? They control and protect the market. Um, we better be following the rules or they might detain us. Oh my. And throw us in lava? I think they throw people in lava. <gasps> Outrageous. Uh yeah, let's be careful then. I know who I'd like to throw in lava right now. Wait, what's going on? Nothing. Are you mad at me? Did I do something wrong? <laughs> sorry, sorry, Sarah, not you. I'm just dealing with some personal stuff. Okay. You know what might help? Some of the berries I bought, I made you a pie. I know you're quite fond of them. Friday reaches out and and pats Fanny on the shoulder and then gives her a smile and then maybe later. So you are beginning to descend towards Akiton. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna need Miss Fanny to make a piloting check on this one. There's oh. there's there's no storm. There's really no interference outside of the normal coming down through the atmosphere as you descend you you could see ka the pillar of the sky from space so you knew exactly this is a very tall mountain you knew exactly where to go as you fly towards the daytime side of akiton and come down and in for a landing as you fly over towards hive market and you get closer and closer to the ground, you see that the ground is just littered with other starships. Most of the population of Hive Market is transitive. It's it's a trading hub. It's not really a residential area. The only people who live live here are just enough people needed to maintain the infrastructure 
of this town. Otherwise, it's mostly visitors who make up so this population like any given week. It's a little like Vegas. <laughs> yeah, except way less exciting, I guess, in in many ways. Um, it's, it's a lot less, a lot, a lot less fun. It's much more a business. The sea of sand beneath you is littered with visiting starships. The massive sandstone walls that mark off Hive Market proper are getting closer and closer. And there's no official landing facilities. No one challenges you. No one talks to you. There's no AI traffic control. It's basically find a spot to put down and go on about your business. You do see relatively close to Hive Market's gate that there is a place that's just big enough to put your tiny freighter down. <laughs> oh, plenty of room. Don't mind me now, my dearies. And just settles <laughs> a little space. Let's try to raise them on comms first, and maybe that will save us some time. Uh, yeah. So I'll raise them up on comms. No need that Fanny has to do all that, all the work all the time. No one picks up. Instead, you get a recorded message informing you that this number is currently out of service. Oh, don't even. I... Uh, <laughs> is there something on the cortex uh, for Siski? Tapping this new fandango. Yeah, you can, no. you can, you can try, but you're, uh, you don't get through to her either. Mm. Even after looking her up in sort of like a the hive market codex directory how secure is the ship like if we leave it do we need to worry about raiders like taking the ship while we're out here like if we no not really uh you you don't need to you don't need to make a check for this um hype market's very informal but most of the shadier business that goes on here is isn't so much violent raiding it's much more of a white collar sort of crime with a little murder but not it w- it wouldn't be anything as obvious murder. as someone like coming on and stealing your ride since we made <laughs> such good time why don't we go and uh check check to see if this co out and see what they want us to do i'd hate to go all the way with a basket of berries a 50 ton basket of berries and uh and find out they're not around that seems prudent Wise as always, Captain. Okay, let's get going. Give me, give me another twenty minutes. Uh, Miss Fanny, of course, is gonna um, fully load all her back to max capacity for anything that that might need. Extra batteries, paper clips—you never know. In ton nations, are you ready to go? Okay, okay, okay. I think I have everything. Oh, thank, oh, thank you, thank you. Okay, <laughs> just kind of. How far away is this place? Is it a couple miles? It's is about it... two miles. Why don't we take Bessie? Yeah, all right. So you all hop in Bessie and you head out of the, I hesitate to call it a spaceport. You head out of the messy jumble of parked starships up the mall towards, parking lot. Yep. The, and I mean, it's not even anything nearly so organized as a parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> People set down where they set down. <laughs> and you drive the rig, I'm assuming with the trailer unattached. Mm-hmm. Up the paved road through the gates that are the only opening in the giant sandstone walls that protect the city proper. So it's about two miles to get to Ka Imports, but you do uh, you do get there after a few minutes. 
and you see before you a large square three-story building made of sandstone with oval windows. There's a wide double door up front and a loading door in the rear away from the main street. There aren't a lot of people around. It, in fact, appears a lot less busy than an import general store should be in this kind of town. There are a few Hilki construction workers hanging out in the area, either taking a break or continuing to work. And a new sign that reads, Ichihara Hong Imports, leaning against the building. Far Beyond the Stars is a Fantastic Pods production. Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you can't get enough of our crew, we also produce a whole second show, the Fantastic Worlds podcast based on the Reign of Winter adventure path for Pathfinder 1E. We also recommend connecting with our fantastic community on Discord, Reddit, or following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find links to access all of those on our website at fantasticworldspod.com. If you'd like to support the pod, please consider joining our Patreon by going to fantasticworlds.cash, where you can get access to behind-the-scenes content and a whole extra Pathfinder podcast that we produce exclusively for our Patreon subscribers. And boy, is it extra. It's, oh, the most extra. I'm Abby, your galactic mistress, and you can find me at Bonanza Famine on Instagram or Twitter. I'm Heidi, playing Saren Kasserus. I can be found on Twitter at Vamihilion. That's V-A-M-I-H-I-L-I-O-N. This is Jess. You can find me at Hank the Clank. This is Dustin. You can find me at Dustin Alexander. If you enjoy our show, do us a favor and help spread the word to friends and family you think also might enjoy the show. We'll see you next time, far beyond the stars. Swoosh. Pew pew. Far Beyond the Stars is a Fantastic Worlds production and an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. The Starfinder Adventure Path Fly Free or Die is a trademark of Paizo, copyright 2020. All Paizo content is used with permission. All right, if you st- were on our Twitch last night, Abby doing math. God damn it, <laughs> shut up. Everybody leave me alone. I've- I have plenty of other talents and skills and knowledges. <laughs> you know, it happens. It happens. And then you know, Friday fell out of the airlock and into the drift <laughs> and died. Into the void of space. Oh, no! <laughs> Captain Francisco. <laughs> Effectively derailing the conversation that Saren and Ballad were having. Uh, please, con- please continue. Ballad. Oh, well, that was that was Sarah's voice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a very that was a very I good say, I had voice. Sarah right in my mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs>